The NBA Finals are heating up. Looking for hot takes on all the postseason action? The Old Man and the Three, presented by BMW, is the podcast to listen to for the ultimate finals coverage. Host and former NBA sharpshooter J.J. Redick not only has a plugged-in perspective on the action from his time in the league, but he's also announcing the games in real time for ESPN. J.J. has the ultimate insider point of view, and he's taking you along for the ride as he breaks down the best defensive schemes, dunks, and drives from each game. And speaking of incredible drives, there's no better place to tune into your new favorite podcast, The Old Man and the Three, than in a standard-setting BMW. Luxury meets power to create a wholly new driving experience. Push the limits this NBA season with the brand that set the ultimate standard. BMW, the ultimate driving machine. This episode of the Bearstalk Underground is brought to you by MyBookie. This year, Turkey Day at MyBookie gives you plenty of reasons to be thankful, starting with a $250 risk-free bet on Thursday afternoon when the Dallas Cowboys host the Las Vegas Raiders. Bet the spread between the Raiders and Cowboys at MyBookie. When you win, you win, and if you don't, MyBookie will refund you up to $250. Simply put, you can't lose this bet, and that's what we call no risk all gravy. Before you get your wager in, set yourself up for success by doubling your first deposit when using the promo code SPORTSDRINK at MyBookie. That's promo code SPORTSDRINK to double your initial deposit all the way up to $1,000. So you won't need to break the wishbone to be the one to come out ahead. Feast risk-free on Turkey Day with MyBookie and make sure to stick around for seconds as they gear up for what should be a fun Black Friday with tons of odds boosts that will have your belly and your pockets full. Bet anything, anywhere, anytime with my bookie. <laughs> What's up, guys? Pulling double duty here. Uh, finished recording the Bear Up and Bear Down episode, and here I am right back with the deep dive review episode for week number 11. And uh, uh, you'd think I'd be out of things to say after I just got done talking about for, uh, talking about it for 40 minutes, and usually I take a good 24 hours or so to kind of collect my thoughts and, and hear some analysis from some other parties and things like that, get their ideas on it. But the hell with all that, because the Bears have the quick turnaround uh, playing again on for the first game, 1130 on Thursday morning uh, here in the Midwest, uh, there's no sleep for the wicked. So I got to get right back to it. Bear Up and Bear Down show is ready. If you haven't listened to that one, go ahead and uh, give that one a Give that one a download and a, and a listen. And uh, now we've got the deep dive review episode of the Bearstalk Underground for week number 11. Knee-jerk reactions included. So what do you say we go ahead and dive right in and get this over with? This is another torturous Bears performance that uh, we had to sit through. So let's go ahead and get this to work. Let's, uh, let's get it done. Hang up the Had a weird feeling about this game going into it, especially with the talk that began around maybe Thursday at the earliest, but you know definitely around Friday or so. That uh, you know what Lamar Jackson hasn't been practicing because of uh, an illness. Uh, sick, he you know he's sick. He's got a virus kind of thing. It's not COVID, which he's had twice already. Um, I think he's still an unvaccinated player, but uh, you know it's not COVID. Uh, but it is that time of year. It's November. He lives in a cold weather uh, area out there in Baltimore uh, playing for the Ravens or in the Maryland uh, area, wherever he lives out there. And uh, these things go around. And I also read that that a few players have had this bug that uh, that, that Lamar Jackson was stricken with. And, uh, you know, it, it, it kind of picked up steam yesterday on Saturday where they were saying that, uh, you know, there's a possibility now. It's like 50-50. That uh, you know he's he he may or may not play against the Bears on Sunday, and then when the inactives came out, ten thirty a.m. here in the Midwest, Lamar Jackson inactive for the Ravens. Tyler Huntley is going to start his first start against the Bears uh, on Sunday. Now, you heard me talk about it in the the Bear Bear Down Show. You heard me talk to Kevin Ostriker about it from Locked On Ravens when we did our preview um, on Thursday. That uh, you know it's just. Um, an uneven feeling you have going into this just if this if this was the game that the bears had immediately after the steelers game i would have gone into that game 
supremely confident with or without Lamar Jackson just because of the way Justin Fields played in that game. He, we were down 20-6. to six. We're winning 27-26, largely thanks to him uh, there in the uh, fourth quarter. And then our defense lets us down once again. We'll talk about that because I will not stop harping on it until it stops happening. Jesus Christ, man. But, um, you know, I'll save that for now. But, but instead... We, uh, we, 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 we endure the naggy curse yet again. Even, even in his rookie season when we went 12 and four, you know, and had like a, finished the season seven and one at the end, our one loss was coming off our buy, our, our mini buy after the Thanksgiving game. We beat the Lions. We got 10 days off. We go on the road and lose a stinker to the Giants, who were three and eight at the time. Uh, or whatever. Uh, we, we stomp a mud hole in the Buccaneers 48-10, to 10, the game where Mitch throws six touchdown passes and looks like the future of the franchise. And then, you know, we have another stinker coming off the bye against the uh, Dolphins. You know, and in, in 2019, we had that terrible game against the Saints coming off the bye. Last year was when we got mopped by the Packers on Sunday Night Football coming off the bye. We're 0-4. And each performance is like, dude, you had two weeks to get ready for this, and this is how it looks? What the hell were you doing that whole time? You know, what were you practicing? Oh, I, I, I was able to watch the football after show with Olin Krutz and Alex Brown. I love watching that show. Um, and just trying to, uh, you know, just, just watching and seeing what they had to say. And, and Olin Krutz asked a couple of times, he's like, what were they working on? What were they doing to get better during that plan, during that time span? We haven't heard that. What did the Bears work on? What were they, you know, what were they looking to get better at going into the second half of the season here? Because again, for the fourth year in four tries, we come out flat and looking unprepared when we had twice as long to get ready for this football game. And we got the gift of all gift from the football gods by taking who was probably easily the best player on either football team not playing the game. You know, finding out many minutes before the game, we don't have to worry about one of the most potent offensive weapons the NFL has to offer right now. We don't have to worry about it. He's not going to play. Instead, this kid who's thrown 11 total passes in his NFL career is going to step in for the former MVP and and see how he can do uh, against this Bears uh, defense. And... For 58 minutes, that worked out pretty well. We'd only given up nine points. Uh, we hadn't given up a ton of yards. The only real weakness we had today was on third down. Seven for 16 on third down were the Ravens today. That's awful. And it always seemed that like the seven that they did convert, were. it seemed like they were always big third downs, uh, like especially early in the game. It's like we'd be monsters first and second down they've got third and 10 third and 12 and somebody would be wide open on third and 12 for you know and get the first down uh or we'd have some kind of uh busted assignment uh on uh you know like or we wouldn't be able to get to him he'd break the pocket and there would be nobody there until he had already gotten a first down that kind of thing so i mean it's just uh that was the really the only thing about the defense that was really pissing me off today was it just seemed like whenever we really needed a stop on third down, we couldn't get it. You know, it was like, okay, we got to put a stop to this drive. We got to get us the up. They got a first down on third and 13. You know, super annoying uh, to watch. But for 58 minutes, we shut them down. Nine points we allowed today. The last time we allowed that many points was in the Raider game when we won 20 to 9. Instead... <sighs> Justin Fields couldn't get anything going today uh, before he got hurt and left in the third quarter, which I'm sure with the quick turnaround puts him seriously in doubt for Thursday's game uh, against the Lions. Now, Justin Fields is a tough guy, but if there's any doubt, I would like for him to uh, to uh, not play uh, on Thursday to, to get ready for the last six. We don't want to waste him. Uh, against the Lions or risk aggravating an injury which can further keep him out uh, and all that kind of stuff. So if he's not 100%, I don't want him playing against the Lions. I'm just putting that out there 
right now. As much as I love Justin Fields and have enjoyed watching his growth, I would much rather he didn't play and take advantage of that 10 days of rest to get ready for the Cardinals than to do something and get hurt against the Lions and make it worse. And honestly, it wouldn't worry me at all to have Andy Dalton out there. Uh, I mean, we saw what he did today when coming off of the bench after not playing for almost two full months. But, you know, that's not what, this, that's not what it's about. It's, it's about the health of our quarterback and not, you know, breaking him uh, or anything. So if he's not 100%, I do not want him playing uh, on Thursday uh, against the Lions uh, it, it is the Lions, and Andy Dalton is more than enough to help us get a victory uh, over those guys. I believe that wholeheartedly. So we're a better football team than the Lions, despite our losing streak. However, um, a silver lining to us losing to the Lions, I would have to think, and you'll hear me bring this up in the fourth quarter knee-jerk reaction, we lose to the Lions, what's the point of hanging on to Nagy? We're 3-8. and eight. We have to go 6-1 and one in our final seven games to not be a below 500 football team with the Packers up with the Cardinals and the Packers coming on back-to-back weeks after this game against the Lions. Yeah. We're going to be three and nine by the time this is all done. Or like, I'll just say we will be three and eight. If we lose to the um, Lions, God help us. Okay. Let them ruin my holiday. Just, just, just please. It, there will be epic Epic shows if we lose to the Lions on Thursday. Don't miss it. It, it will enhance your holiday after they ruin mine. But if we lose to the Lions, we're 3-8. and eight. Then we're home for the Cardinals, on the road for Green Bay on Sunday Night Football in Lambeau. Okay? That's 3-10, and 10, period. 3-10, and 10, it's over. I mean, even if we manage to go on a four-game winning streak, 7-10, and 10, we beat the Vikings, we beat the, the Giants, the last four games, they're all winnable. Minnesota. Uh, Minnesota, the Minnesota, Seattle, the Giants, Minnesota again. We can win those games, but uh, you know I don't know how well we'll do against Minnesota, who just put up thirty-four points and beat the Packers today. Granted, they did that at home, but you know I don't know. It's just if we lose to the Lions, what's the point? What is the point? So we're not keeping Nagy. He's probably not going to survive the season anyway, but. Why keep him? Why keep him? You know, it's just going into evaluation mode, do what we can for those last six games, and uh, move on to 2022. Hanging on a Nagy, I don't see the point, but getting way ahead of myself here. So let's go ahead and dive into these uh, knee jerk reactions. Like I said, we found out 90 minutes before kickoff, Lamar Jackson was out for this matchup with the, uh, the Bears. And, you know, we liked our chances going into it with how uneven the Ravens had looked, with how well we, uh, you know, the momentum we were carrying from the Monday night loss to the Steelers, how it basically felt like a victory despite losing in the end uh, kind of thing. But, like, for me, being the eternal pessimist, not trusting Nagy to get the team ready after the bye, unfortunately all my fears were confirmed when we came out as flat as flat could be in the first quarter. Knee-jerk reaction, first quarter, Bears and Ravens. We've got a 0-0 score thus far. Um, I, it's Tony Romo mentioned that the Bears are better than the 3-6 and six record that they have, and he's, he's right to an extent, but he's dead wrong when it comes to things that a 3-6 and six team does that a 6-3 and three team wouldn't, like moving the ball all the way down to the 16-yard line on their opening drive and then on third and five, calling the worst possible play they possibly can lose yardage and have to settle for a field goal instead of taking advantage of this awesome drive and putting it in the end zone where Cairo Santos legitimately missed his first field goal in over a year. Um, they do this all the time. We saw them do it against the 49ers on third and six. Instead of throwing the ball downfield, they throw the Matt Nagy special swing pass. He loses four yards uh, on the play. Uh, same thing happened here, but instead of a swing pass, we tried to do the pitch sweep to the outside that we haven't run well all year long, and we get stuffed and, you know, cause Santos to have to kick the field goal. Defensively, I like what I'm seeing from the Bears, despite the fact that half our defense isn't playing today. Eddie Jackson, Akeem Hicks, 
Danny Trevathan, Khalil Mack, uh, and others uh, either on IR or not active uh, today. Robert Quinn really stepping up. Um, two sacks so far, including a strip sack on the Ravens' last drive. So, you know, defensively, I like what we're seeing. Uh, offensively, we just have to get the results. We, we haven't looked bad. I mean, we went three and out on the last drive, but... On the first drive, we went the length of the field from the 20 to the 20 and ended up stalling out and missing the field goal. So uh, it's just about being able to close, being able to close, being able to close. And that's the reason we're three and six and not six and three. So we get the ball back. We got to be able to close. I mean, I'm not even talking about settling for field goals. Never mind that Santos missed the field goal. We should have been scoring a touchdown on that drive. We just seem to always pick the wrong play at the worst possible time in those uh, situations. We always seem to pick the play the defense sees coming. So if we can figure out how not to do that, then we might actually score some points and, you know, have a chance in this thing. Because, oh, by the way, Lamar Jackson is out. So, you know, the most important offensive player is not in the football game, and we need to take advantage of that. And that is probably one of the most irritating things about this Bears Offense, whether it's Nagy or Laser uh, that's calling the plays, or it's a collaborative effort to, uh, you know, call plays at times. Um, they they always seemed to do, like I said, to 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 call the play that the defense knows is coming in those situations. Uh, like I said in, in that 49er game, it was third and six. The Bears had a really good drive uh, going on. And instead of uh, letting Justin Fields, trusting him to throw the football uh, down the field, we only need six yards. Instead, he's throwing out a swing pass where we're already giving up yardage. So he's already lost a couple of yards. He gets stopped immediately. And now it's fourth and nine and we're kicking a field goal. Uh, instead of you know t- trusting our quarterback to throw the football down the field. Same thing happened here on, on this drive. We have an outstanding opening drive. We started our own 16 or whatever. We move it all the way out into uh, in, inside the red zone against the Ravens, third and five for a team that, that, has, that runs the football so well and does it running between the tackles. If we get to the outside, it was because it was um, more or less a dive play to the outside. But instead, we we haven't been able to run like the power sweep against anybody all year long. I don't know what it is about how the, you know, whether it's the blocking that breaks down or the way that our you know that our opponents like to shoot the gaps and, you know, backside penetration makes the the play or whatever it is. That play does not work. It has not worked. It will not work. And sure enough, on third and five, when we need a first down, we call that stupid-ass power sweep to the outside play. It gets stuffed immediately because they saw it coming. Uh, uh, Queen for the uh, for the Ravens came in from backside, cut right behind James Daniel, who was the lead blocker on the play, cut in right behind him, makes the tackle on, uh, I believe it was David Montgomery, stuffs the play, and now we've got to kick the field goal, and Cairo Santos misses what turned out to be a pretty important field goal uh, at the beginning uh, of the football game. So we walk away with nothing after our offense puts together a really solid opening drive. And it's the thing about it is, guys, it's it doesn't feel significant at the time. The, those three points ended up being important and in the in the end of it. But having those opening drives really sets the tone for the game. And instead, you come away with nothing. You come away empty-handed. You come away with a sour taste in your mouth after uh, showing all that progress. You have nothing to show for it in the end. Even if it was a field goal, it's still not the same as the momentum of getting, get, you know, your, your, the, just the feeling, the, the momentum, the, the adrenaline that comes with scoring a touchdown on the opening drive, starting that team, starting that game strong, you know, putting the, the Ravens behind the eight ball with, the, with no Lamar Jackson uh, and all that kind of stuff. And this was after we had gotten the ball from them. The Ravens started with the football. So we're on our first drive coming back after getting the ball from the Ravens. This is how we answer. We put a touchdown on the board. The crowd's in the game. There's no Lamar Jackson. Here we go. Here we come. And instead, 
We pick that stupid-ass play on third down. It gets stuffed. Now the Ravens have some momentum that they further carry into their next offensive drive after we miss the field goal. That's why the narrative of fire Nagy won't stop. That's why it won't stop. Even if he's not the play caller anymore, this is his stupid-ass offense, and these are the plays that he wants to run. So it just... And I just got an alert on my phone. Fields likely has bruised ribs. Okay, so no no breaks. That's good news. Breaking news here on Bears Talk Underground. Uh, the Bears believe young quarterback avoided major injury after exiting the game for the Ravens. So bruised ribs is good. I don't know if it's good for him to play on Thursday. And like I said, I don't want him to tough it out. If he's not 100%, I don't want to waste him against the Lions. Andy Dalton can get it done. I believe it. So anyway, but speaking of which, it's just... It, it's, it's a little thing. Like, like, look back to, like, when I think about last year uh, against the Packers on Sunday Night Football coming off the bye, our opening drive, we actually do pretty well. We had that big run from David Montgomery, got us inside the red zone, and on third down, Allen Robinson drops a touchdown pass. And it, it all becomes a what if. What if we score there? What if we score a touchdown? Would that have been enough to propel the team to, you know, like, you know, hey, the defense is getting into it now. We've got the lead on the Packers. Here we are on Sunday Night Football in Lambeau, and we're sticking it to Green Bay and, and the momentum and the adrenaline and all that kind of stuff that would have carried along with that. We'll never know because Robinson didn't catch the damn ball. And same thing here. It's those little things in the game that can add up to be so big. And what, how would, what would have the vibe been had we got in the first down, how we ended up scoring the touchdown. The crowd would have been in the game and all that stuff I said before. The momentum from the offense, that juices the defense. No Lamar Jackson. This went from a winnable game beforehand to now it's ours for the taking, uh, and we carry that attitude throughout the first half. Instead, we put on a solid drive. We came up with nothing to show for it in the end. And we went, went, we went scoreless for the entire first half. So let's go into the second quarter knee-jerk reaction where it was more of the same. Fields was off target. Receivers are dropping balls. Uh, the defense is playing well. We're only down 6 nothing at the half, so it's not out of reach. But we should be playing so much better than this. We should be taking advantage of this, ch- of this chance to get one from the Ravens without Lamar Jackson, and we are absolutely blowing it. <laughs> Knee-jerk reaction, second quarter, Bears and Ravens, and I don't know, man. I just, um, on offense, we can't really seem to be getting out of our own way. Uh, if, if Fields is, uh, who's been off target at times today, but it doesn't matter because when he's on target, the receivers drop the ball. So, um, you know, we're, we're not running the football as much as I think we should be uh, at this point. And uh, Tyler Huntley, who's starting his first game ever, uh, is 16 of 21 for like 130 yards so far uh, in the game. We're being outplayed by a guy who's thrown 11 total passes in the NFL before being forced into duty uh, today. So, I mean, they didn't know Lamar Jackson wasn't playing until 90 minutes before kickoff. So, not a good look. However, it's only 6 to nothing. So we've only given up two field goals to the Ravens at this point. So this game is by no means over. It's just a matter of us getting out of our own way. You know, stop getting in our own way. Fields fumbled the football uh, on, on one of the drives. And like I said, when he's, he's been off target at times and when he's been on target, our receivers keep dropping the, uh, keep dropping the football. So... You know, but I, I do think that this game is just feeding the narrative that Nagy's got to go because here we are coming off of a bye. So we've had two weeks to get prepared for this game, not to mention the momentum and the good feeling despite losing to Pittsburgh that we had. Justin Fields' performance, you know, kind of the moral victory of coming back from two scores to, to nearly win the game on Monday, all erased by the fact that Matt Nagy can't seem to figure out how to get his team ready to play when he's got extra time to do it. So, but again, silver lining, it's only 6 nothing. The Bears start with the football. See if we can get figured out because uh, 
It's not over yet. So a little uncharacteristic optimism uh, from me because it, it the, the truth is the truth. It's only six to nothing. So despite the fact, it, it, it was kind of like the opposite of how I was feeling about the 49er game where I was really kind of, you know, I was pessimistic about that football game because we're, we're moving the football, we're getting in the red zone, but settling for field goals. And the fact that we're settling for field goals is leaving this thing wide open for the 49ers to get back into this thing quickly, if not just completely take it from us, which is eventually what happened. This was the opposite of that. Despite the what we couldn't do, our shortcomings on the offensive side, the defense was giving us a chance by playing well, only giving up two field goals in the first half. So one big play could flip this thing on its ear. And so, you know, there's some optimism here that even though we're not playing well, we're not out of this game, this winnable looking game coming into it, is still winnable for us. It, it, all we got to do is figure it out. And, you know, it, it, it's just, the, the was there trust there in order to do that? But, like, even we can figure this out, man. It's only one score. We score a touchdown, we're winning the game all of a sudden. I mean, and spoiler alert, that's what happened late in the third quarter. We'll talk about that here in a minute. But I've, I've had this, this uh, notification sitting on my phone here in front of me, and I left it there. Usually I you know, take a look at it and then I swipe it out of there and, you know, clear it out of a memory and whatnot. And, and it goes back to the, the comment that I made about Tyler Huntley, where I was like, you know, Justin Fields is off target. He's not throwing the football well. And when he does throw it, the receivers don't catch the ball. And here's Lamar or, you know, um, Tyler Huntley first start, he's thrown 11 total passes and he's completed 11 passes in the first half against the bears. Turned out to be like for 120 something yards. I thought it was around 130. Uh, so I wasn't off by much but the point is what's even more frustrating about the Bears offense and watching the Bears offense is the fact that we make it look so goddamn hard all the time you know like just moving the football scoring like when we and when we managed to figure out how to move the football getting into the end zone now all of a sudden becomes a herculean task that we just can't seem to figure out and then the notification that i was talking about it says colt colt mccoy had a day versus seattle colt mccoy who's played for pretty much every team in the league except the bears in his i don't know 10 12 however long he's been playing pro football uh in his career in the nfl uh, is playing, I think, for the second time for the Cardinals, playing in relief of the injured uh, Kyler Murray. And number one, the Cardinals are 2-1 and one without Kyler Murray. And number two, Cole McCoy was 35 of 44 for 328 and two touchdowns against the Seahawks today in Seattle to help the, uh, the Cardinals regain the number one seed in the NFC at 9-2. and two. Colt McCoy. Why? Because Cliff Kingsbury knows how to put his players in the best position uh, to succeed. When Kyler Murray, who is a much talented player, uh, then Colt McCoy is out there. He's playing at an MVP level, and he's got the Cardinals uh, in the prime spot to have home field advantage in the NFC playoffs. With Now with only one team getting home field is, is, is more important now than it's ever been. The only team, only one team gets a bye week in the playoffs, and that's the one seed. And right now, that's the Cardinals. Three weeks without Kyler Murray, they've won more games than they haven't uh, with him in the ballgame. And Colt McCoy, who's been the backup quarterback for everyone, is able to come off the, uh, come off the bench and go 35 of 44 for 328 and two touchdowns. And the only thing, you know, it's, like, it, it's almost as if Kyler Murray was still in the game for how well Colt McCoy played today. The Bears can't do that. I don't know why. I do not know why. We've got talented players. We've got Darnell Mooney. We've got David Montgomery. We have Cole Komet. Jimmy Jimmy Graham is not completely useless. Whenever we give him a chance, he had a nice twenty-three yard catch uh, against uh, for uh, for Dalton today. The offensive line is is uh, you know coming together. It has its moments uh, and everything. It's like we we're not completely just garbage on the offensive side of the field. Granted, all of our money's on the defensive side of the ball. We've got some nice assets to work with on the offensive side. We should be a middle-of-the-road 
offense. We should be in the late teens, I think, with the, the talent level that we have. That's where we should be ranked, somewhere in the middle, you know, 18, 16, 17, 18, somewhere in there. Instead, we're 32 because we can't figure out how to throw the ball. We finally cracked the code on running the ball, which is something that we've lacked tremendously during the Matt Nagy era. We finally figured that out. Now we're averaging about a buck ten a game passing the ball to make us the worst offense in football statistically. But every other team seems to be able to figure this out. So tell me why we should keep Nagy for the rest of the season. Tell me why you would bring him back, even with Justin Fields developing and getting better each week, this week being the exception, of course. Why would you bring Nagy back? You're just bringing him back for more of the same. So, yeah. That was kind of like this source of frustration. I've been sitting here staring at this notification for a while, wanting to make sure that I brought it up while I was recording these episodes because it's just so aggravating. I mean, and, and I mean, never mind Colt McCoy, Tyler Huntley today. You know, he was struggling because he's inexperienced. Not because he's a bad football player, and the Ravens still managed to be able to move the football. The Bears couldn't do it. If Lamar Jackson was in there, we probably would lose this game by about 20 points. I believe that. Because, uh, you know, Tony Romo showed us more than once uh, throughout the game, uh, if Lamar Jackson is in the game, he makes this throw now. And this, when this guy was open, he makes that throw uh, you know, in the perfect time, in the perfect window to where it's a big play uh, for the Ravens. So his inexperience gave the Bears chances that we wouldn't have had if Jackson was there. So, you know, and it was just, again, looking the gift horse in the mouth. We can't, we can't have nice things. We, we can't take advantage of the football gods actually giving us a break and, uh, you know, taking the best player for either team out of the equation. And it's like, okay, here he goes. Here you go, guys. We, we've evened it out for you. Because you were going to be playing on the defense, missing, you know, five of your best players with no Mac or Eddie Jackson, no Akeem Hicks, no Danny Trevathan, and, uh, you know, and all that kind of stuff. We've evened it out for you. We've taken Lamar Jackson out of there. Now go ahead and see what you can do. And uh, we still come up short. We, we, played hella, we played defense like a monster for uh, 58 minutes. But uh, we could not figure out how to uh, score points to win the game. And we our defense only gave up 16. That should have been more than enough for us to win. More than enough. But instead, it was still it was three points short of, uh, of victory. So anyway, third quarter knee-jerk reaction. Justin Fields goes down. Andy Dalton comes in. Next thing you know, we're winning the football game. Do we have a chance to win this thing after all? We'll see. <laughs> this episode of the Bear Stock Underground is brought to you by MyBookie. This year, Turkey Day at MyBookie gives you plenty of reasons to be thankful, starting with a $250 risk-free bet on Thursday afternoon when the Dallas Cowboys host the Las Vegas Raiders. Bet the spread between the Raiders and Cowboys at MyBookie. When you win, you win, and if you don't, MyBookie will refund you up to $250. Simply put, you can't lose this bet, and that's what we call no risk all gravy. Before you get your wager in, set yourself up for success by doubling your first deposit when using the promo code SPORTSDRINK at MyBookie. That's promo code SPORTSDRINK to double your initial deposit all the way up to $1,000. So you won't need to break the wishbone to be the one to come out ahead. Feast risk-free on Turkey Day with MyBookie and make sure to stick around for seconds as they gear up for what should be a fun Black Friday with tons of odds boosts that will have your belly and your pockets full. Bet anything, anywhere, anytime with my bookie. <laughs> this episode is also brought to you by Symbol. Symbol is the sports stock market that allows you to profit off your sports knowledge. There are two ways to make money on Symbol. First, every time a team you own wins, you earn a cash win payout. Second, just like the stock market, if you think a team is going to increase in value, you can buy low and sell high for a profit. Use promo code SD, as in sports drink, to make your first deposit risk-free. That means even if you lose money or just decide the market isn't for you, Symbol will refund your initial deposit, no questions asked. 
This episode is also brought to you by the Spotify Green Room. Guys, the Spotify Green Room is a live audio only sports talk platform. Talk to me, other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time. Get in on the conversation that you listen to here every single day and have a chance to be featured on your favorite podcast like this one. Download the Spotify Green Room app free in the iOS App Store. Create a profile, link your Twitter, and join my group. Follow me at Larry D-E-E. It's, uh, I don't know why they didn't let me use D period, but they didn't. So follow me at Larry D-E-E to be notified when my room goes live every Wednesday, 7 o'clock Central, 8 o'clock Eastern. And join me when we go live every Wednesday night at Club 34-7. Knee-jerk reaction, third quarter, Bears and Ravens. And uh, this game just keeps getting weirder, man. Um you know, the Bears can't seem to get anything going on offense. You know, Nagy's thing, we can't find an offensive rhythm. We can't get anything going. Uh, even with starting the football, uh, Justin Fields leaves the game with a rib injury and, you know, has walked out to the locker room probably to get x-rays and things like that. Andy Dalton comes in. His first two plays, we've done, we've done two things that we haven't done all day with Justin Fields in the game. First play, we throw a pass to a tight end, Jimmy Graham for 23 yards and on the next play we throw a screen pass a quick screen an rpo screen to mooney to the wide right and we actually block it we actually had guys blocking their defenders mooney shoots right through the blockers makes a guy breaks one tackle 60 yards later the bears are on the board and like i was saying at halftime just like that, despite the way that we played, only 57 yards passing from Fields in the first two quarters, we're only down 6 nothing. Now we're up 7-6. to six. Uh, We just finished off the third quarter with a uh, sack uh, by uh, Travis Gibson and Ladarius Mack to, uh, to close out the third quarter. The Ravens are going to have like third and forever when, they, uh, when we resume play here in the fourth quarter. But right now it's only a one-point game, so it's... Not ours by any stretch of the imagination, but we're winning right now, and I've got we've got a little bit of momentum going in. Let's see if we can uh, pull this thing off. So we lose Justin Fields. He goes out with the rib injury, uh, kind of a blessing in disguise, considering he wasn't playing that well to begin with, and would probably have continued struggling against this Ravens uh, defense that just basically seemed to have his number, or at least. Uh, was is very good at confusing young quarterbacks. Even even Romo and, and Nance were uh, were making note uh, of that. You know that the the narrative that uh, we you know we learned from Kevin Ostriker that they just seem to be able to uh, get over on young quarterbacks, to be able to overwhelm them, to 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 fool them into making the wrong decisions and and things like that. Um, in comes Andy Dalton, and like I said, the frustrating thing is that all day long. Uh, you, you watch Twitter, you see guys like Olin Krutz and Lance Briggs and, uh, and those guys asking for, you know, where are the rollouts, where are the, you know, the moving pockets, where are the screen plays. First two passes for Andy Dalton. 23-yard pass downfield to a tight end, which we hadn't done yet. We hadn't thrown a pass in Cole Komet or in, in uh, Jimmy Graham's or, or J.P. Holtz or anybody's direction for that matter. Uh, first play from Dalton is a 23-yard pass to Jimmy Graham. Second pass from Dalton is an RPO screen to the outside, which, as I talked about in the knee-jerk reaction, it, it, and I actually said it as it was happening, before Mooney broke free and ran in for a touchdown, I was just thrilled we actually got it blocked so Mooney could get past the line of scrimmage because that was uncharted territory for the Bears in running that play. It almost never happens. It's it's We, we throw those quick screens to the outside and there's always four defenders and only two guys to block them and everything because they can see it coming. They just fly right over there. We never pick up the, the block on the right people and the play always gets stuffed. In this instance, there were two defenders over there, two blockers. The blockers made their blocks. Mooney shot right in between the two of them, makes a guy missed, and then turns on that track speed. The next thing you know, it was, the like I said, the 49er game in reverse where it was the Ravens had done so well, we were halfway through the third quarter. There were eight minutes to go in the third quarter when this happened. 
We finally put our first touchdown on the board, and it was enough to give us the lead. So all of that uh, incompetence or whatever you want to call it on offense erased in one play because now we're in the lead. Here we are, 7-6. We got it. One play. That's all it took. Because our defense held firm, the defense did its job, the offense only needed one play to take the game back. And we did it. You know, we ran plays we should have been running with fields the whole time, which is kind of like the bittersweet realization of what was going on there. It's like, here comes Andy Dalton. Not all of a sudden the playbook is wide open and we're running things that we should have been running with our more talented rookie quarterback. Instead, we run them with Dalton. No, and no ill will towards Dalton. It's more ill will towards the, the coaches. Like, here are the plays we've been begging you guys to run. Andy Dalton comes in. Now, all of a sudden, you can find that page in the playbook. Here it is. And look at that. We ran it to perfection on the, on the screen. That, that's what's the, even more frustrating than, than what was happening in, in the two and a half quarters before that. So, anyway. <laughs> We're up 7-6. We're in the fourth quarter uh, with the lead. So, I mean, now all of a sudden, uh, it's our ball game to lose. Uh, and like I said, going uh, at the end there, it, of course, we're only up 7-6, so this is by no way over, which is what I was saying at halftime. It's it, We're only down 6 nothing, so it's no nowhere near being over uh, or anything like that. But the possibility for... Uh, you know, it's just a matter of getting it done. So here we are in the fourth quarter with a one-point lead. It's just a matter of getting it done. And uh, we'll just dive right into the fourth quarter knee-jerk reaction. And, uh, you know, you guys know how all that went. <laughs> knee-jerk reaction, fourth quarter, Bears and Ravens. And, oh, man, when when it rains, it pours, I swear. So Andy Dalton comes in after Justin Fields goes out, immediately gets a touchdown on the board because the Bears decided to run two plays. They should have been running all along with Justin Fields, but wait until Andy Dalton comes in, and we get instant results with it. Um, The defense played, well, compared to how they've been playing, they played outstanding today. Six sacks on the Ravens. We only allowed 16 points, but the problem is that we've got Matt Nagy and, uh, you know, running the offense and everything. I don't give a damn what anybody says. And um, 13 points was all we could muster. And the funny thing is we scored a touchdown with a minute 41 in the game on like fourth and 11, a touchdown pass to Marquise Goodwin that put us up 13 to nine, 13 to nine. And uh, we went for two and didn't get it. Don't really get that part, but whatever. Um, But then, we give the ball back to the Ravens. Like I said, the two timeouts, a minute 41 to go. First play on offense, we gave the Ravens at least 20 yards, if not more, on a pass interference call from Kendall Vildor, and that got him off and running. A few plays later, it was five plays, 72 yards. They scored a touchdown to take the lead, 16-13. to 13. We got the ball back with like 20 seconds to go. We, 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 we got a good play that, that got us down to a, a right around midfield. And then with four seconds to go, one last play with literally like two or three guys rushing, Andy Dalton gets sacked to close out the game. And there you have it. So we've lost our fifth in a row now. And um, we get to go into Detroit against the winless Lions because they lost to Cleveland again and or lost again to Cleveland. So they're 0-9-1. They're at home on Thanksgiving Day. We're playing like hell and most likely on such a short turnaround playing without Justin Fields on Thanksgiving Day. So, yeah, if if we don't win, explain to me how it is hanging on to Nagy makes any sense for the rest of the season. So it'll be six, six losses in a row for the second season in a row. We'll be three and eight. And then we've got the Cardinals, and after the Cardinals, we've got the Packers. I mean, this thing could just really, really get away from us. So, yeah. Anyway, the Bears dropped to 3-7. and seven. We've lost five in a row. God help us all. So there you have it. You know, God help us all. It just, uh, for, for what could be coming on Thursday, uh, I'm not looking forward to it. 
Um, the uh, the Lions only lost thirteen to ten to the uh, Browns today in Detroit. Um, they played without Jared Goff, who had an oblique injury that he didn't quite recover from. Recover from. I don't know if that was a big picture thing. You know, uh, we'll, we'll hold you out for Cleveland. We'll, we'll make sure to play you Thursday against the Bears, uh, kind of thing or, or whatever it was. But uh, you know, nonetheless, it was. Uh, it wasn't. Uh, they weren't blown out or embarrassed by the uh, by the Browns. They they only lost by a field goal. I mean, and they made a comeback because I think the if I remember correctly, the Browns were up thirteen to nothing, and the final score was thirteen to ten. So they basically just came up short uh, in the end. But um, you know, so if if we lose, like I said, we'll lose. We'll have six losses in a row. Then we'll be home for the Cardinals, who I just got done telling you a few minutes ago was the best team in the NFC at 9-2, and two, the number one seed. And then we'll go to Lambeau on Sunday Night Football the week after that to play the Packers. Yeah, that's 3-10. and 10. Easy. And an eight-game loss for those keeping score. Eight-game losing streak at that point. And then we are, we are home for the Vikings on Monday Night Football after that. And... We all know how we play on Monday night against anybody, for that matter. Uh, and then it's the Seahawks in Seattle, day after Christmas, home for the the Giants, and then back to see or back to Minnesota to finish out. Where somehow we've won three years in a row in Minnesota, but uh, I don't know. It just it's it's we have to go seven and one or six. Excuse me, six and one. We got seven games left. We have to go six and one to not be a below 500 football team this year. So we had the luxury of, of 16 games so we could finish 8-8. Eight eight. We could be a 500 football team. The 17th game muddies things a bit to where we have to go 6-1 and because we're 3-7. and seven. We got to go 6-1 and one to be 9-8, and eight, a.k.a. not a below 500 football team this year. And do you see anything that says we can pull that off? So... I mean, we, we ha- I think we have the tools. I think we have the talent to, I don't know about 6-1, and one, but to, to win a majority of those games. I really do. I mean, we, you heard me, we were talking about with, with Lauren Cox when we did our uh, midseason review, those last four games especially, those are easily winnable games. The Vikings, uh, you, know, are, you know, they're 4-5 and five or 5-5, five and five, whatever they are. Uh, now they beat the Packers, but that was they beat the Packers at home. That's always kind of been a back and forth uh, thing uh, for them. I think the Packers and the and the Vikings are kind of like the Bears and the Vikings. They like to split this the series. They do a home and home thing. But um, you know, we Matt Nagy's. If there's anybody that Matt Nagy's got their number, it's the Vikings. He's like six and two uh, against the Vikings or whatever uh, it is. Not to and like I said, not to mention three straight wins in Minnesota uh, in a row. So. You know, those are definitely winnable games. The Seahawks are struggling like you wouldn't believe, and the Giants are not a good football team. You could easily take those last four games. Not easily, but it's de- those are definitely winnable games where the Bears might actually be favored in, in, in some of those games. Who knows? But if we don't get past the Lions, then we're, we're easily looking at an eight-game losing streak before we play Minnesota on Monday Night Football. Yeah, it's... And like I said, if we lose to the Lions, what's the point? What is the point of hanging on to Nagy? Just, just we're just playing out the string at this point. We're three and eight now, so we have to go undefeated to not be a below five hundred football team. It's not going to happen. Not with the Packers. Not with the Packers on the schedule. Not with the Cardinals on the schedule. Not with a road game in Seattle. No, not pretty. Not pretty at all. But um, Kendall Vildor, let's talk about him for a second. Uh, One thing that I did not remember was not only was he guilty of the pass interference, which I just checked, was guilty for 25 yards on the pass interference. He also was beaten deep for 30 yards on the following play. Oh, excuse me, two plays later. So... No, it was back-to-back plays. First and 10, uh, pass incomplete, deep right to uh, Rashad Bateman. Kendall Vodor, defensive pass interference. Oh, for 21 yards, excuse me. Uh, And then on the very next play, uh, Tyler Huntley passed deep to uh, DuVernay. 
pushed out of bounds at the Chicago 30 for 21 yards. So 40 yards of offense for the Ravens at the hands of Kendall Vildor when they started at the, what, 25-yard line? 72-yard line. So they started at the 28. So after 42 yards, they're at our 30-yard line. Just like that. So thank God they didn't need just a field goal. They wouldn't have had to move another inch to be in field goal range for Justin Tucker. But, uh, you know, we gave the football back to them a minute 41 to go. And after 14 seconds of plays, pushed out of bounds at a minute 27. A minute 27. He gave up 42 yards in two plays in 14 seconds. And just like that, the Ravens went from being behind their own 30-yard line at the 28 to being on our 30-yard line. And then I I don't even know what the hell happened. There was another play to Sammy Watkins a few plays later, who was wide open, by the way, just complete blown coverage that gets him to our three-yard line, and then they ran it in from there a play or two later. Just, what are we doing, guys? You know, it's like Dandy Dalton came in, he got you the lead. You know, not, not only did he get you a lead, he got you a lead where they would have to score a touchdown. So, so not, like the, uh, not like the Pittsburgh game where we're only up one point and they only need a field goal to, to take it from us. No, no, no. The Ravens have to go the distance. They have to get in the end zone to win this thing. So they've got to be able to do it all, do it all the way in order to beat us. And you let it happen. They had to go 72 yards to score a touchdown. We gave up half of it on two plays at the hands of Kendall Vildor. And, uh, you know, then, I don't know, we, we go full-blown moron on the, on the one uh, to, uh, to Sammy Watkins. We push him out of bounds at the three-yard line. Just what a disaster, man. I don't know what it is about this defense. They just can't stop blowing these leads. I mean, you've, you've heard me detail it week in and week out, the Green Bay game. We score the touchdown to make it 17-14. We have the momentum. It was a great drive, you know, for it. All we need is to stop, get the ball back in Justin Fields' hands, sees what happens from there. Doesn't happen. Or at least when we do get the ball back in, in Justin Fields' hands, we're down 24-14. to And uh, oh, apparently Aaron Rodgers is telling the world that he owns us. Fantastic. You know, never mind the Tampa Bay game. That wasn't the defense's fault. But um, San Francisco? Justin Fields, the crazy touchdown run, makes it 23-22. So we're basically tied, but we have the momentum in the fourth quarter. We just need the defense to make a stop, get the ball back in Justin Fields' hands, sees what happens. Nope. Five plays, 75 yards, touchdown, ball game over. (laughs) Steeler game. We were down two scores in the fourth quarter. We take the lead, 27-26, minute 40 to go. All we got to do is get a stop. Keep them out of field goal range. We claim victory going to Dubai with momentum, a 4-5 and five record. You know, we still have a shot at the playoffs if you want to make a run at it in the second half where the schedule tends to be a bit more uh, agreeable. You know, yeah, we've got the Ravens, but we've got the Ravens and the Lions. Those are two winnable games. We could be 6-5 and five going into this, the last six games. No. Instead, the defense blows it, makes it easy on the Steelers to get in field goal range. They take the lead. Justin Fields is all out of miracles. And then once again today, only it's not Justin Fields' miracles that they were shitting on today. It was Andy Dalton's, who throws a touchdown pass on 4th and 11 to Marquise Goodwin to take the lead, to make it so that the Ravens have to score a touchdown to beat us. And you give up the touchdown. And a race... You know, and, and, and reminiscent of the San Francisco game where it's like reminiscent, uh, you know, or just like never mind all the good work that we did in the game, uh, you know, with our offense and we were scoring points. But because we were settling for field goals instead of touchdowns, it just took one big play for the 49ers to be back into it and it completely changed things. It it The touchdown drive at the end was A, the only touchdown they allowed all day, and B, erased the fact that they had an outstanding game for the 58 minutes before that. Six sacks on Tyler Huntley today. Sacked him six times. 
It just, I mean, and the fact that what was even more remarkable about it was that the offense was terrible. We lost the time of possession battle by 17 minutes today. 17 minutes. We lost the time of possession. That means the defense was out there for 17 minutes. We're almost like 38 to 21. Uh, 31 and 38 and change to 21 and change was the time of possession battle today. So we were out there for a full quarter more than, than our offense was today. Still should have won the football game. Still should have won it. You know, just unbelievable that you just keep falling apart. And of course, what makes this worse than everything is that the defense was supposed to be that reliable unit. This is what Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy hung their jobs on was the fact that, you know, we bring in Andy Dalton, he'll be good enough to win us some games. And of course the defense is going to keep us in games this year. Well, they finally kept us in a game today, but for the fourth time in five games. Now, this is a narrative. I will keep beating that drum until we stop doing it. But for the fourth time in five games, the defense had a chance to put the game away and they let it go. Fourth time in five games. That's why we're three and six, three and seven, excuse me, three and seven. That's why we went from looking like we were trending upward when we went on the road and beat the Raiders on October 10th to now all of a sudden on November 21st, still haven't won a football game. And four out of five games, our defense had a chance to put the game away to help us win the football game and came up short every single time. The defense, the side of the ball, that has all the money, that, that basically has all the talent, if not most of it, um, lets us down every single time. Every time that we've needed them to answer, they haven't. So, yeah. Anyway, guys, I'm going to go ahead and end it there. I know it's not the best, but uh, I've been at this for a while, so I'm ready to hang it up. I'm done with this game. That is the beauty of having this Thanksgiving game on Thursday is that we don't have to sit and linger on this football game. We get to close the book on it immediately, move on to the next one. So that's what I'm doing here, closing the book on the Bears and the Ravens, getting ready for Bears-Lions on Thanksgiving Day. We will be back on Tuesday. We'll be back tomorrow with uh, Jeremy Reisman from Pride of Detroit, our good friend, to preview this football game to see if uh, we'll probably spend the interview telling each other why we're going to win, why they're going to win. I'm going to tell Jeremy why the Lions are going to get their first win of the season on Thursday, and I'm sure Jeremy will give us plenty of reasons why the Bears will finally snap their six-game losing streak against the Lions. So uh, that should be fun. So tune in on Tuesday for that, and then we'll do the deep dive preview on Wednesday to get you ready for Bears and Lions first thing in the morning on Thursday. So come on back for all of that. It's going to be a busy few days here. We got two shows. You're probably listening to both today on Monday. You got another one tomorrow, another one Wednesday. We're going to have the review show on Friday, the deep dive review, or excuse me, Bear Bear Down on Friday, deep dive review on Saturday before we take a little mini buy of our own to get ready for the Cardinals week number, what, 13? Something like that. So... Anyway, come on back for um, myself and Jeremy Reisman tomorrow to preview the ball game. And until then, my name is Larry D, and this has been Bears Talk Underground. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. 
I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate, how a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word, Broomgate. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more.